Ready for the word today? I want to talk to you on the subject, uh, Will the Real Giant Slayers please stand up? Will the Real Giant Slayers please stand up? The disproportionate challenge is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Nine feet, nine inches, approximately 125 pounds of armor that is being worn, draped in a helmet and a shield with a sword in his hand. The giant from Gath, by the name of Goliath, paces back and forth on, in the valley of Elam, one of the most beautiful valleys there in the Shepla region. First Samuel 17 and 10 says, the Philistine, he said, this day, I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. These are the words that the Philistine uttered because in that time, it was very common to avoid a mass amount of bloodshed. When you had two opposing forces, they would designate one individual to fight from one side and another from the other and whoever won out of the two would be the victor. So this giant named Goliath stands and says, as he represents the people of Gath, give me a man that can fight with me. In one of the most common known stories of Christianity, we find some encouragement for even us today. So as he makes this claim, we see that no Hebrew volunteers, there was no one who dared to stand up and say, I'll do it. No one until now. No one until David. David had just shown up this morning. He clocked out of watching sheep for the day and goes on an errand for his father to deliver food for his brothers who are at the battlefront and just to check on them and to see how everything is going there. And this is where David hears the comment for the first time. And hearing the giant, he makes his decision. He goes and to the river and he takes five smooth stones and his staff in his hand and seeing David the giant Goliath asked the question, am I a dog that you would come to me with sticks? This young, skinny, scrawny shepherd boy named David makes his decision. The scene is unfolding for us in one of the most beautiful locations that was known as the Valley of Elah, the people of Israel are on one side and the people of Gath are on the other. The giant Goliath towers above them all. Mind you that in this time, the, the average height uh, of a gentleman, of a male, was five feet, one inches. So to be able to see this giant towering at over nine feet was definitely paralyzing. And G Goliath is there challenging He's taunting and he's belittling. And while David just heard that one comment, can I tell you that that one comment was more than enough 
for him. First Samuel 17 and 40 says, And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the stream. And he put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand he approached the Philistine. First Samuel 17, 43 and 44 said, He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. What odds, can I ask the question this morning, would you have given David against this giant? What odds would you have given David against the giant? Or can I say it this way, maybe better odds than you give yourself against the giant in your life today. Perhaps no one thought on that day that David had a chance. And for someone in this place today, it's not even that others don't think you have a chance. It's that you don't think you have a chance. What's in front of you just seems too big to overcome. What's in front of you seems to zap all the strength and all the energy that you have to even face tomorrow. The truth is that each of us in this place face our own giants. But ours don't carry a sword and ours doesn't carry a shield. He fights us with unemployment. He fights us with spirits of restlessness. He fights us with loneliness and with temptation. He fights us with abuse and depression. He doesn't walk and pace up and down the mountains in the Valley of Elah. No, he walks up and down our minds. He paces in our bedrooms, our classrooms. He paces in our offices. He paces in the car when no one is there. He brings bills we can't pay, grades that we can't make, people we can't please, alcohol we can't resist, a career we can't escape, a past we can't shake, and a future that we cannot face. For Samuel 17, 16 says that for 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand for 40 days, twice a day, morning and night, and our giants do the same. The first thought when we wake up, the last worry of the night. Goliath dominates our day and infiltrates our joy, seeking to take anything and everything that we have. The giant in our lives seeks to dominate our daily living. And the question that comes to mind is how long has that giant been in your life? Goliath's family had been at war with the people of Israel for over 300 years. They had been at war because they were ancient foes of the Israelites. They were, if you remember when Joshua went to overcome uh, the promised land, which we know as Canaan. Joshua drove out the giants that were in that land. He destroyed all of them with the exception of three of those. The, the people of Gaza, the people of Gath, and the people of Ashdod. And the people of Gath, which Goliath belonged to, bred the largest people of all 
time. So I can imagine that the soldiers looked at the giant on that day and said, them again? My father fought against his father and my grandfather fought against his grandfather. And now I have to fight against the same foe. My grandfather was an alcoholic and my father was an alcoholic. And now I can't seem to resist the bottle. My grandmother struggled with depression. My mom struggled with depression. And now it seems that I'm slipping into it as well. He stalked the ancestors. He stalked your ancestors. And now he looms over you. He looms over you. He blocks the sun and leaves you standing in the shadow of doubt. There was no end to this taunting. There was no end to the belittling. There was no end to the challenging. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 17 and 11 that when Saul and his troops heard this challenge, that they immediately lost all hope and that they were terrified. So yes, the giant is present and the fact remains that you see the giant. But can I push it a little bit further and ask you, but is that all you see? You see the giant, but is that all you see? You hear him roaring. You hear him taunting you. you you'll always be a loser. You ain't got what it takes. You don't have what it takes to win this one. Why even try? You hear him. But is that all you hear? You hear him, but is that all you hear? David saw him. David heard him. But that wasn't all that David saw. And that wasn't all that David heard. First Samuel 17, 26. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised? Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. David showed up and he saw the giant that was in front of him, but he didn't talk about the giant. He said, who is this guy that would defy the armies of the living God? Does this giant know who he's messing with today? No one else mentioned God, except David. When we see what circumcision was, it was a sign of covenant. God was in covenant with the people. And, and on the eighth day, they would go, the men would go and be circumcised, the males, should I say. And so when David sees this, he, he, he's making this uh, point. He's saying, I'm in covenant with God. God made a promise to me. We are in the standing covenant. And this giant is not. So who is this uncircumcised? He, he came and he saw him, but he's talking about God. Saul tried to discourage him, but David wasn't discouraged easily. Look what 1 Samuel 17, 36 and 37 says. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he had de defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me. From the paw of the lion and the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the bear will rescue me also from the hand of this Philistine. The struggle changes, but God does not. 
The struggle may change, but God does not. The giants that you face today may not be the same giants that you faced 20 years ago. And the giants that you face today may not be the giants you'll face 20 years from now. But can I tell you that while there may be a lion one day, and while there may be a bear in the next season of your life, and while there may be a giant in the next, can I tell you that the God that rescued you then, and the God that rescued you on that other instance, is the same God. So I want to encourage someone in this house today who's going through some stuff and you're facing a challenge like you've never faced before in your life. I, I dare you to dust off your resume and tell the enemy the same God, the same God that delivered me from that trial and the same God that delivered me from the other one is the same God that is with me here today. Are there any survivors in the house? Is there anybody in the house that you've been through some stuff? You've been through hell and high water, and you say, God hasn't failed me yet, and I know that he is faithful to complete the work that he has begun in me. Yeah, you may cry some tears, and yeah, you may lose some sleep, but yeah, you're still here. The joy of the Lord is still in your heart, and you got a praise in your mouth. I dare you today to tell the giant in your life. The same God who delivered me will deliver me here. Can I just tell you that whatever you're facing, the same God that has killed you to this moment is the same God that will see you through. It may be bigger than what you faced. For David, he hadn't faced something that large, but it was the mindset, the perspective that he had. The same God will deliver me from this one. So when the giant mocks David, the shepherd boy replies, 1 Samuel 17, 45, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. He had five smooth stones. He had a sling. He knew how to work what he had. But notice that his focus was not on what he had. It was not his skill. It was not his talent. It was not his ability. He said, I have this, but I don't come to you with this. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and I'll cut your head off. The power of life and death is, in our, is on our tongue. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. And let the poor say, I am rich. What are you speaking against the situation that you're facing here today? This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I know the battle hasn't even started, but let me tell you how it ends. I know that we haven't even started round one. The bell hasn't rung. But let me tell you, the God who's in, on my side, the God who's on my corner, he is greater than whatever I can face in this life. <laughs> Hallelujah. This very day, I will give you the cark. I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army, of the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know. 
that there is a God in Israel. All those, can I tell you, before it's all said and done, God is going to get some glory out of it. All those who gathered here will know that this is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. No one else discusses God. David discusses nothing else but God. It was more than David versus Goliath that day. It was God-focused versus giant-focused. It was God-focused versus giant-focused. David sees what the others see that day. And he refuses to see what others do. David sees what's in front of him, what everybody else is seeing. But he refuses to let that all be what he is seeing. All eyes, except David's on that day, were on the giant. David sees the giant, no doubt, but he just sees God more than he sees the giant. Do you see God more than what you're facing today? Do you see God more? I come to you, he said, in the name of the Lord. And because David has this focus, look what verse 48 says. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. David ran to him. So, so the question is, thank you, Siri. When was the last time you ran towards your challenge? When was the last time that you ran toward it? Because we deal with the temptation to retreat. We tend to hide. But when the, the quick fix wears off. When the high wears off. When, you, when the lover leaves the room. When the fix wears off, Goliath seems to come into the room once again. And you hear him louder. You hear the voice booming. David spots the giant. And he seizes the moment. The sound of the swirling sling. Is the only sound in the valley. Goliath falls to the ground. David runs over, uses the giant's own weapon, cuts off his head. So the question that I ask myself is, why don't I face my challenge with the same perspective today? Could we rush the giant in our lives with God's perspective? I'm trying to close this morning. But can I tell you that David was no better than any of us on this day. What separated him from the rest is that he didn't hide. 
And he refused to let the giant be all that he saw. He faced the situation and he made his mind up that he was not going to let the giant continue living in his life. So while David is the unlikely of heroes, because look what Acts chapter 13 verse 22 says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. Notice who's testifying. And he said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Why is this important for us to point out in the story? Because I look at David and you look at David and you're like, man, there's no way. I could even be on the same playing field as him. You look at your life because the truth is that no one knows you like you know you. And the truth is that sometimes we disqualify ourselves and we, we, we say, that no, it will never happen for me. It was great for David, but as far as I'm concerned, I've been through too much. One might read David's story. I wonder what God saw in him. The guy fell as often as he stood. He stumbled as often as he conquered. He stared down Goliath, but yet he also stared at Bathsheba and sinned. He defied God's mockers in the valley, but yet he stood with them in the wilderness. He could lead armies, but he had difficulty managing his family. Raging David and weeping David. Bloodthirsty David and yet God-hungry David. Eight wives, but one God. And he's a man after God's own heart, you ask. That God saw him that way gives hope to us all. Should encourage you, it should encourage me that God saw him that way. David's life has little to offer the unstained Christian. The straight-A believer finds David's story disappointing. But the rest of us find it reassuring that God sees us. That God sees my failures. God sees my bad choices. God sees the moments where I've turned my back on him. Because like David, you and I ride the same roller coaster. In David's good moments, no one was better. But in his bad moments, could anyone be worse? The heart God loved was a checkered one. It was a troubled one. 
kind of like ours. So if you ask me today, I need David's story. We need David's story. Now, am I saying that this is a, I'm not giving a license to, to keep purposely making mistakes and choices. No, the Bible says, should we continue in sin, that grace would abound by no means. But I'm telling you that there's hope, regardless of what life you've lived, regardless of what choices you've made, you can change your mind today. I'm grateful for repentance. I'm grateful for repentance. I can change my mind today. I may have made a series of bad choices, but I can change my mind today. I may have been looking at things wrong right here, but I can change my mind today and look at God. And we need his story because the truth is that in the world we live in today, now more than ever, in the society that we have to live in, giants are present. Giants are present and they're in our neighborhoods. Giants of rejection and giants of failure Giants of unforgiveness, giants of temptation, of remorse, giants of depression, giants of addiction, giants of low self-esteem, giants of anger, we all have to face them. We all have to face them, but can I tell you that we don't have to face them alone. You don't have to face them alone. Look what 1 Samuel 17, 47 said again. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. How many of us are trying to do things in our own strength, in our own might? How many of us are trying to, to pay the bills with our own strength? How many of us are trying to overcome the past in our own strength? How many, how many of us are trying to face the situation right now in our own strength? You don't have to face them alone. The battle is the Lord. God stands ready to fight. Can we shift your focus this morning? from the giant to the God that conquers giants. That's my, my challenge, to, challenge to you today is can you see God more than what you face? Can you see him more than what you face? Because the truth is that it, when we focus on our giants, we fall. But when we focus on God, our giants fall. When we focus on our giants, we fall. But if you focus on God, giants fall. So for all the giant slayers in the room, let me challenge you until you lift your head. And lift your eyes, the God who made a miracle out of David. 
the God who made a miracle out of David is ready to make a miracle out of you. The same God that made a miracle out of David is the same God that can make a miracle out of you today. I don't know about you, but I need a God-sized perspective. I need a God-sized perspective. I want to invite you to close your eyes right where you're at. It is not by might and it is not by power. I want to do something today with every eye closed. If there, if there is something in your life, you face a hardship and you face a challenge, you face a spirit that is wounded, a heart that is broken, you face past you can't shake, a future you can't face. You, can't, you face something that seems just too big for you. And you say, I need God right now. If, you, if, you, if that is you, I want to pray for you. And I'm just going to invite you to stand right where you're at. You don't have to come to this altar. But you face an unsurmountable challenge. I see you. I see you. And you say, I need God right now. You're not alone in this room. I, I guarantee you just stand right where you're at if that is you. Stand right where you're at if that is you. God sees you. Right now, Lord, we come before you, God. You see everyone standing. You see the challenge. You see the struggle. You see the hardships. And you know the details better than any of us in this room know. So God, we just need you in this moment and we come to you together as a people. God, we stand as a sign of declaring our faith in you. And we say, God, if we need you right now, we make a commitment in this house to shift our focus from the problem to the problem solver, from the giant to the God that conquers giants. So right now I thank you that giants, they, they're no match for you. I thank you that your strength is made perfect in weakness, God. And I ask that you would meet each person in this place right where they're at, God, that you would see the, un, the, the health diagnosis, that you would see the mind that is struggling with anxiety, that you would see the heart that is troubled, that you would see the financial hardships, that you would see, God, the strife in the marriage and in the family, that you would see it, God, and that you would do what only you can do, that you would heal, that you would save, that you would restore, that you would deliver, that you would set free, that every chain would fall, that every Jericho wall would fall, and that every giant would fall today in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare victory in this house over every person that is trusting and believing, that over everyone that is standing in faith and saying, God, if you don't do it, I don't know how. 
God, and I thank you for meeting us and working and doing what only you can do. We put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. We put our perspective uh, on the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.